are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Listening to Locked On Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke, and we have a very, very special guest right here. One ex U of A basketball coach, ex USC basketball coach, ex NBA coach. One Mr. Kevin O'Neill. How you doing, Coach? I'm good, Mike. How you doing, man? Yeah, dude, not too bad. First of all, let's talk about what have you been up to lately. What's an average day like for Coach Kevin O'Neill right now? Oh, I uh, I'm enjoying life. I live on the ocean in Coronado. I go to the gym a couple times a day. I work part time. Uh, for a law firm, so I'm 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 loving life. Now we're going to revisit this in a little bit, but you know you've been out of the game for a little while. Have you uh, thought about scratching the coaching itch a little bit? I don't have any desire to coach ever again. Okay. Now I never thought I'd say that, but I mean I don't want to I don't want to deal with all this stuff that's going on nowadays. It's that's too much for me. I don't I wouldn't do very well. Now, if the right opportunity came in a certain you know in a, a college college offered you would you would you listen or no um believe it or not i actually get a few offers every year depending on they're they're usually mid-major offers Mm -hmm. but i really don't uh i really don't nothing's ever piqued my interest at all let's get to a little bit of u of a hoops and then i want to kind of get your take on basketball as a whole right now at right now at the u of a you know it's been a, a little bit over a decade how would you grade out the Sean Miller era, and what would you do if you were athletic director Kevin O'Neill with him right now? Uh, I think Sean's done a great job. I mean, he, uh, you know, a lot of the situations have been tough. Uh, when you have the, when you have people in the media saying things that have never been proven or anything like that, that's hard to deal with. I mean, Sean's teams play the right way. They play hard. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he's done an outstanding job. Uh, As far as me being the AD, that's the last thing I'd want to do is be an AD because they're guys that just failed at everything they tried before (laughs) and became an AD. It's Uh, It's kind of a backup position. Yeah, like let's let's go from the ticket office to uh, being an athletic director, making multi-million-dollar situation decisions. But I don't know the ins and outs of what goes on at the U of A every day, nor nor would I ever pretend to. But the bottom line is this: Sean Miller's been a great coach for a long time at numerous places. He's going to be a great coach for a lot longer at numerous places. Who knows how long he's going to be at U of A? Who knows how long, you know, the situation? I don't even know the situation, but he's the coach until he's not the coach. And that's the way that's the way the business goes. What kind of job would you say Arizona is? Is it a top 10 job? Is it a top 15 job? What do you think? Well, let's put it this way. It's a lot worse job during COVID than it is when you can have those fans that they have there every single night give it a home court advantage. It's a, it's a lot different job during COVID. Right. So it depends on, it's been traditionally, you know, after the first few seasons Lou took over, it's been 
traditionally a top 10 to 15 job every single year. And Sean was in the top 10 year after year after year after year. It's really unfortunate he didn't get to the Final Four and win a national title because he was right there knocking on the door many, 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 many times. Uh, he's well-respected in the business. Uh, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to say it's too bad he didn't almost get there. It's really sad he didn't get to the Final Four because he, he had teams good enough to do it, but you never know what's going to happen in, in certain games. Let's talk a little bit about your time as an assistant because you were really there kind of when the the metamorphosis of Arizona becoming a a blue blood, for lack of a better term. When you were coaching there from, you know, 86 to 89, what first comes to mind? What do you think about when you think of those years? Uh, The number one thing I think about is how good a group of guys we had on those teams. I mean, they were legit. There, There was no BSing around. They were into basketball. They liked each other. They loved each other. They loved playing at at Arizona. They loved being in front of those fans. I mean, those players that we had were awesome people, not just great players. And that's why why the program, you know, from Steve Kerr to Sean Elliott to, you know, any number of guys that were there that played in the NBA or – I mean, think about it. Our, our backup point guard one year was Kenny Lofton, who's the fastest man ever in baseball. We had we had unbelievable talent, but unbelievable people. And that's why the city took to them. You remember the whole Gumby stuff? Oh, yeah. All that? It, was, it, was, it was fun for everybody. When 88, was Oklahoma, was Oklahoma a bad matchup for Arizona? Was that just a Steve Kerr off night away? When you were on the bench, was there a point when you said, we're probably not going to win this game? You know what? Uh, Steve had a bad shooting night, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that was bound to happen at some point because he didn't have many of them. Right. But the bottom line is, if you look at the rosters, they had a whole bunch of NBA players also. Right. I mean, they, they were really good. It was unfortunate. that our, our team was the best team in the country that year, without a doubt. And it was one of those situations where you're in a – a one-and-done situation. We didn't play our best, and we got knocked out of there. And it was it was it was traumatic for all of us. None of us could believe it. And it's uh, it was tough to deal with, even till till today, because we were good enough to win the national title without a question. You got to coach Sean Elliott. You got to see him up close and personal. When you think of Sean, what do you think, and what do you? Where does he rank amongst college players that you've watched, seen, etc.? He's the best college player I've ever coached in any capacity. He's, um, you know, the the only guy I can compare to him in terms of ability that I coached was Nikola Vucevic, who's now with the Bulls, who I coached at USC, mm-hmm. who's a, just an awesome player, and they were. They were the same kind of person. Sean Elliott's, uh, you know, just a guy of great, great character, great person, and and just the the best teammate, the best everything that you could ever ask for. Uh, he's, I mean, he's the standard at Arizona in my mind. No matter who else comes and goes there, what he did for the program in his time along with Steve and Anthony Cook and Talbert and those guys, what 
what Sean Elliott did for the program was, you know, life-changing for everybody in Tucson. You got any, uh, and I know you're a colorful guy, you got any good uh, recruiting stories from your time there at the U of A? I have several that can't be on the air. I can tell you that right now. Well, you know, it, this is, uh, we, we, can edit some, we can edit some of this stuff out. What do you got, Coach? No, no, I'm, you're right. I'm going to stay away from any, any of those stories. Yeah. But, Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Believe me, there was, it was an interesting time. If you remember, Tark really had it going at Vegas, and we really had it going at Arizona, and we recruited against those guys all the time, and it was never, ever friendly in any way. I can tell you that. All right, you got some acclaim, obviously, besides uh, your long coaching career. You coached uh, one William Gates uh, from uh, Hoop Dreams. What was that like, and did you know that you were coaching a guy that was going to be part of a documentary that might be the most famous basketball documentary ever? Well, I was told uh, when we started doing this whole thing by the people that did the did the documentary that uh, it was going to be a, a – maybe a 20 or 30 minute video uh, to help educate kids about recruiting. And it turned into a three hour documentary that made millions and millions of dollars. So I had, I mean, I really had no idea. I thought we were doing something about recruiting and it ended up being a full length three hour documentary about these two kids lives, which believe me was excellently done and outstanding to watch. But it's, I, I was a little surprised when it came out in that form. How good could William Gates have been if he didn't have all the injuries? He was a guy that, when he was a freshman in high school, was compared favorably to Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had, he had, you know, he had two catastrophic knee injuries that really set him back. He was still a very good college player. Uh, but he would have been he would have been an NBA player, I would have thought, had he not been injured as a I think he got injured his first time as a junior in high school. That just set him back to where he couldn't catch up. Wanted to do a couple of uh, rapid fire questions for you. You mentioned uh, earlier on about um, you know eighty eight and being the best team in the country. And again, I know that you've kind of been in and out. But when you think of the best teams in U of A history, is it eighty eight for you? Is it oh one the team that lost to Duke? Which which team do you think about when you think about Arizona basketball? Uh, the only one I think about when I think about Arizona basketball is the '88 team, mm-hmm. and the second one I think about is the '89 team, which I, in my mind, was a better team in a lot of ways, and we just had a terrible ending against Vegas in the Sweet 16. What made Lute such a good coach? How was he able to kind of mix and match his roster to be able to kind of get the most out of his teams? The thing that Lute had going for him more than anything as a coach was the fact that the players loved him. Uh, Lute was a, he was hard on the players. He was disciplined, but they loved playing for him. And I think when you get, you know, the kind of talent that Lute got year after year, I mean, maybe the best recruiter ever in college basketball as a head coach. And when you get that kind of talent year after year and the players like you, that's how you end up doing what he did and Jim Calhoun did at Connecticut. They took what I call pedestrian schools and made them blue bloods. And UConn and Arizona are the only two that have really, really done that over the course of a long time. 
And when you look at it, too, a lot of the guys, and this was obviously a little bit later on, but you look at it, Damon Stoudemire, not a big-time recruit. Jason Terry, not a big-time recruit. And, you know, and you coach some of these guys, you know, whether Steve Kerr's, et cetera. U of A history is littered with guys that aren't exactly Mike Bibby-type recruits out of high school, but really built the program and the foundation for what it is. Well, if you look at the guys that were on that 88 team, other than Sean, not a lot of them were very highly recruited. And, you know, the bottom line became that the player development under Luke was maybe one of his strongest coaching points. He's obviously a great coach on the floor and in timeouts and all that in practices, but guys developed as players because they wanted to be on the court. They wanted to be, you know, shooting at 10 o'clock at night at McHale. They wanted to do well because of the type of people that, that were recruited there. And their qualities came out of them as people and showed on the court in their improvement because they cared what they did. They took pride in the team. They took pride in each other. And you can't ask, you can't ask for a better environment to get better in than that. You would, uh, I believe, uh, you sold your home, and I believe that you, or no, excuse me, you would drive to practice, what, about 90 minutes or so? I lived in Coronado. Okay. So I would get up at 3.30 in the morning and drive, drive up to, to work and then either stay in L.A. part of the time at, at a hotel or drive back. Did, yeah, it was, go ahead. You know, it, I, I didn't mind it at all. Now, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your time in the NBA. You were at the uh, the Malice in the Palace, and what was going through Kevin O'Neill's head when you've got guys going into the stands, getting into it with the fans and whatnot? I mean, that was obviously a, a bad day for everybody. Uh, it was interesting because we were killing Detroit, and they had won the title the year before. And I remember sitting beside Rick Carlisle on the bench with about a minute 15 left, and he said, you know what? I think we can win it. I said, you know what? You never know what can happen. Who the hell knows what's going to happen? Well, about 30 seconds later, we're in the biggest sports fight in the history of college, or any basketball. And uh, it ruined our season and, and basically made it you know, impossible for us to, to achieve the goals we thought we could achieve. Now, when you were at uh, U of A, and I had a, I had a, somebody tweet at this, uh, there was always a bunch of kind of mystery around the, the Brandon Jennings recruitment, obviously. Did he just not want to come to the U of A and just go pro at the end of the day? Or what kind of happened there? Because nobody really knows. No, I, I had recruited Brandon. Mm-hmm. Uh, loved him as a player. Uh, I don't know what happened at the end because I left. Right. So I, I don't know why he didn't end up on campus. I don't know. Um, what the particulars were, because I was out of the situation at that point. But uh, people don't realize what a great college player Brandon Jennings would have been. He was a good pro, but he would have been a great college player at the U of A. When you look back in your career, and obviously it's a a career that most people would kill for, you know, uh, five different teams made the postseason NBA coach. Is there anything you would have done differently, or is this, you know, you kind of live and you learn? No, I wouldn't. I I never look in the rearview mirror. I mean, I uh, I just tried to, you know, coach the best way I knew how to do it. 
I mean, maybe I could have kissed a little more ass along the way, but I really didn't feel like doing that. Nor that's, would I ever again. Well, that's not your style, though. So yeah, it's not my style, and that's that's why I'm I'm comfortable with how everything came down. I'm good with everything. I don't I don't have any regrets. If that's what you're asking, I don't, I don't have any regrets at all. Do you uh do you have any you have any good Matt Mule box stories? Something that's piece something that's PG thirteen. I will give you a good Matt Mule box story. What do you got? Uh, when we recruited Matt, Luke was out of the country that whole summer with the World Games team. So the first time that Luke's going to see Matt play is in a AAU tournament in the spring. I think it was in the spring, yeah. So we drive up to Phoenix to watch Matt play. This dude plays the worst game you have ever seen anybody play in the history of the world. I mean, he is just, he, he, uh, he looks like, he looks like he'd never played before ever. So this is Lou's first time ever seeing him. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh my God, what is, what in the world is going to happen? So we're, Lou doesn't say a word during the game. We're driving back. He's like, was that Matt Mulebach that we recruited? <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be a freshman on campus here pretty soon, coach. <laughs> and the rest but, is history. Hey, could there have been a better Wildcat than Matt Mulebach? No way. Mr. Triple Double himself. <laughs> okay, yeah, coach. Just ask him. Just ask him. Right. Okay, coach. We'll uh, we'll just leave you on this note. So you're not shutting the door on a return to coaching, though, if the right opportunity came, but it would have to be the right opportunity. It has to be with the right people in the right place but my chances of coaching are slim and none i'm, I'm pretty happy what i'm doing right now C- coach we can't i can't thank you enough for coming on and uh, i'd love to do this again in the future this was just awesome picking your brain you got my number call me all right thanks coach kevin o'neill yeah. thanks again Bye.